So a quick thank you if you happen to be listening to this. Um, I had wanted to start a podcast for about a year and was determined to start it uh, this year, actually. And something about it didn't quite feel right. Back in January, I had tried and it just felt off. Um, And I also found that I didn't have as much time as I thought. And now, given the current state of the world and the coronavirus and uh, quarantine and all that, lo and behold, I have all kinds of time on my hands at the moment. So here we are. Um, If you are familiar with my work, I practice astrology and um, used to give more frequent updates on my Instagram stories, Um, but that isn't always the best delivery method, especially because they have to be so short and cropped. Um, And I like a much deeper um, discussion about astrology, but also just everything in general. Um, Our quick culture um, of convenience is not the best for um, nuanced conversation. So a a podcast just felt like the the right option for that. Um, So again, given the current circumstance of the world, uh, (laughs) what better thing to discuss than the astrology of the moment? So last year, I was looking ahead to 2020 to sort of map out um, just my own um, plans for the year based on the astrology of 2020 and how that uh, lined up with my own personal natal chart, Um, just to kind of see what I could expect. Um, And quite frankly, I knew this year was going to be a shit show, Um, and not just for me personally, but given the um, major transits that we are experiencing, um, historically speaking, this almost always indicates a time of like massive uh, global turmoil. And I sort of hinted at that a little bit online, um, but I do think it's irresponsible to um, post things that, while while I think it's important to post things that are very honest um, and realistic, I also think you have to be cautious, um, especially, you know, having any kind of platform, um, you have to be cautious about what you put out there. And I sort of made some tongue in cheek references that it would be a shitty year. Um, but I, even I myself didn't, um, quite anticipate the scale of it. And I think part of it was because the more that I looked at, um, the transits as well as just the history of said transits, um, over the past like 400, 500 years or so, uh, it kind of freaked me out. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not one uh, prone to panic, certainly, but it was a little bit alarming. Um, and there were certain things in my personal life um, that I expected. Um, I definitely knew on some level that... Um, my dad was probably going to pass away, um, and not that it was expected in any sense, um, 
outside of outside of the astrology it was just a feeling combined with sort of confirming that um, based on my own natal chart and the things that were um, going to be happening so he didn't actually die um, thankfully but he had a major 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 health upset um, that is has basically put him in a position um, of needing a lot of assistance and care and so there's still a feeling of grieving that loss even though he's still here Um, in some respects he certainly is not the same in many other ways so um, and that occurred right around the time of our lovely Saturn-Pluto conjunction that occurred in January. I believe it was the 12th. Um, I also had a lot of clients experience tremendous sudden loss um, around that time. Um, one of my other friends had a very, very similar situation occur with her dad just a week later. Um, so we'll just go ahead and talk about... Um, the relationship of the Saturn-Pluto conjunction um, and how that relates to everything that's happening. So, um, also I apologize for any noise pollution, but I am in my studio downtown, and even though everyone is supposed to be home, um, or at least, you know, mostly keeping to themselves, um, there's a ton of noise outside, and that's sort of unavoidable, so bear with me here, but... Anyway, um, so in astrology, Saturn represents um, discipline and restriction and limitation, um, responsibility. I always give Saturn the persona of like Old Testament God. That is very much Saturn. And actually, um, people that study a lot deeper into astrology will know that actually um, there are a lot of similarities and even references to um, Old Testament God, uh, Yahweh, if you will. Um, There are a lot of parallels between him and Saturn, even in name, so that's kind of interesting. But it's definitely, in terms of archetypes, um, he is very harsh and very strict and um, rather merciless, honestly. If you are at the age where you have experienced your Saturn return, then you have likely um, become pretty familiar with how Saturn operates. So there's that. Um, And then Pluto is very... Pluto is kind of complicated because it has a lot to do with um, power structures and abuse of power and then how we um, find our own power but in the simplest sense Pluto is like um, Saturn likes to build things strong foundations strong long-lasting structures Pluto wants to burn everything down to start over it's not like Pluto wants to build Um, on existing structures. Pluto is much more um, where he is associated with the underworld. It's kind of like your personal hell (laughs) in a lot of ways. Um, And that means different things to different people. But just as an archetype, uh, it has a great amount of darkness attached to it and involved with it, um, as well as a lot of like regenerative qualities. So if you think of, um, I like to think of... um, the, the old myth of Inanna and um, Arishkigal, her sister. And so Inanna is the queen of heaven. Arishkigal, I hope I'm saying that right, is the her sister and the queen of the underworld. And Inanna has to 
in order to make peace with her sister um, and, you know, psychologically speaking, um, make peace with the darker parts of herself, she has to descend, um, you know, sort of temporarily at least renounce her throne in heaven and descend into the underworld, into the realm of her sister. And of course, there are seven gates um, because mythology, there's always seven of something. Um, and that's across cultures, which is interesting. And maybe that's a podcast for another time. But anyway, she has to pass through seven gates. And at each gate, she has to remove um, part of her jewelry and her clothing and all of these nice, wonderful things that she's accustomed to. And at the final gate, she um, walks in to meet her sister and she's naked and she doesn't have her crown. She doesn't have her jewels. She is just there stripped bare. Um, and her sister is on her throne. Um, so she's also, you know, beneath her sister and sort of vulnerable and naked in this realm of shadow. So, um, that's a journey with Pluto for sure. Um, we do have to kind of make our peace with the darkness, both in the world and within ourselves. And so Pluto has um, a lot there to teach us. So we have um, Saturn and Pluto meeting in the sky uh, in Capricorn, which is also a very unforgiving energy (laughs) in a lot of ways. Um, It is one of the uh, rulers of Saturn and by far the, the more harsh ruler of Saturn. So um, this sparks a lot of, um, change in governments. Um, it's definitely has to do with, um, re- like a redistribution of power. So for instance, um, in history, um, the Saturn Pluto conjunction occurred in 1914 around the time of the beginning of world war one. Um, this occurred at zero degrees of cancer, which is the opposite sign of Capricorn, um, which is where our new conjunction occurred. Um, but that sparked the beginning of world war one, which then also led to, um, the great depression. And then inevitably world war two, there's just, um, a ton of loss, a ton of devastation, and it affects, um, everyone globally, you know, it was a world war. Um, so that's one part of this. And then another, um, transit that we have been going through is Uranus and Taurus. So Uranus is this very chaotic, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? (laughs) He's, um, he likes to just shake up our, our foundations, um, especially in Taurus. Uranus wants to, he has a lot of associations with liberty um, and the individual. So in Taurus, where we have these, um, you know, Taurus has all these associations with um, the environment, of course, as well as just um, habitual patterns, Taurus can get in a rut sometimes, um, and, and resources, both ecological and financial. Um, so having Uranus and Taurus 
historically always upsets our relationship to our resources and forces us to um, reevaluate those relationships and reevaluate the value of resources and how we use them and our relationship to them. So, um, Uranus uh, and Taurus, the transit before, one of the transits before of Uranus and Taurus was 1934 to 1942. This is the Great Depression um, and the very beginning of World War II. So again, this transit, um, the outer planets, they do affect us personally, but they also, because they are... Um, the outer planets, they also affect people um, in a more widespread manner. So the Great Depression affected a lot of global markets. Um, it hit America really hard, you know, with the Dust Bowl situation, um, which again ties into that um, environmental issue of resources and the abuse of land um, and the misuse of uh, industrial means. And I could probably also do a whole other <laughs> podcast episode about that, and I probably will. Um, but for the sake of this, I just wanted to mention that transit too. Um, it also ties into um, the period of the American Revolution um, and the American Civil War. Um, so if you go back and even just you know do a simple Google search of Saturn and Pluto conjunctions throughout history, or Uranus and Taurus conjunctions throughout history. History, um, or sorry, Uranus and Taurus, not Uranus and Taurus conjunction. Um, you'll see that this this always marks um, a period of massive change and and um, hardship, and then inevitably a restructuring of society. Um, having hopefully learned these difficult lessons um, around, you know, a better a better way of life. Um, you think about uh, the details of FDR's New Deal, um, and specifically related to farming, actually, he did a lot um, to help farmers because ultimately, you know, our uh, people are probably going to find this out now, given the state of the economy and a lot of people being out of work. Um, despite what we have been taught to believe by our um, very, very consumer culture, our greatest resource is ultimately the earth, not only because obviously it's where we live, um, but it provides our food, it provides our shelter. Without those two things, nothing else really matters. Um, and you know, if you can't feed yourself or feed your family, that is your number one priority. If you don't have shelter, um, that's going to be your number two priority. So currently, I mean, just in my region, so many people I know are out of work because a lot of um, the downtown restaurants have closed, local businesses, coffee shops, music venues. I mean, every place is shut down. And, and rightly so. We have to be smart about this. Um, but it's still, you know, it is affecting Everyone and even people that are um, well off will feel the effects of this because um, these businesses are not going to be able to, you know, pay their rents, much less pay their employees because they can't function right now. So that's another way in which um, 
these planetary transits are hitting everybody. You know, I don't, much like the coronavirus, it's like nobody is immune from this. Um, and it's such a time of uncertainty, and I um, never want to downplay the anxiety and the fear and the uncertainty around everyone's situation right now. But at the same time, I feel like once this it's, is figured out, and that's going to take a long time, I'm sure, um, these events, because they affect everyone, because they affect the entire community, they do have this way of really bringing out the best in people over time. Um, and that has a lot to do with um, themes of Saturn as well, because Saturn really wants us to step up and pay attention to what is important um, and develop responsibility for ourselves, for the people we care about. Um, Saturn is very no-nonsense, and that is unfortunately something I feel like that um, has been greatly lost in an American culture. Um, so... When it's all said and done, I mean, yes, there will be great sadness, there will be great loss, there will be great fear, but anytime some crazy shit like this happens, it's like people suddenly realize, oh, I am responsible for my community. Um, I am responsible for bringing more kindness into the world because that's what we need. And I don't mean these things in like a very um, fluffy, hallmark, special, you know, kind of way. I'm, I mean these in a very tangible, um, real sense of day-to-day -day life. So many people are struggling right now. Um, and particularly, you know, I, I think this will have a lot of people... Um, reevaluating their relationship to their resources and their their land, um, just to go with the Uranus and Taurus theme specifically, um, we're not making as much financial resources. We're not accruing as much financial resources as we have been, and so then you have to find new ways of sustaining yourself. But it's really amazing when you're put in a position like this to realize how much you don't actually need to buy. Um, and of course, you know, the economists don't want us to think that way <laughs> because we have a very, very consumer-based economy. But um, obviously that's not sustainable. If it was, we wouldn't be taking this hit right now. So... There is a period of sort of reevaluating um, how we accrue resources and how we use them. Um, a lot of people are um, probably realizing, like, I, I know a ton of people have started gardening now, which is pretty much perfect um, because we have time on our hands. It's spring, thank goodness. Um, that's really positive in a lot of ways because if you can be outside, even if it's just in your backyard, of course. Um, it certainly helps me stay sane because <laughs> I am a workaholic, textbook definition workaholic for sure. Um, but thankfully I love my job, but I can't do my job right now. Um, and a lot of people can't do their jobs right now. So we return to the simplicity 
of, okay, I'm going to be home. Well, I'm going to get my home in order. People have been, um, you know, reorganizing their closets and getting rid of shit they don't need and just taking better care of their home. Because when you're there so much, you realize like, oh, this, this place is a very valuable resource for me and you want to make it better. You want to improve it. And not improve it um, currently in any sort of like consumerist way, like, oh, I need to buy a new sofa. It's like, oh, no, I'm going to um, use my space better. I'm going to trim out the fat of all these extra things that I don't need that I can donate. You know, maybe somebody else has use for this. Um, and then keeping things clean and organized and just um, having a renewed reverence for your home. Um, because we're there more now, <laughs> but also with relation to gardening, it's like, okay, um, you know, I live in the South, I live in Appalachia, and thankfully this is still for all of um, the ways that it has grown, it's still a very agriculturally minded environment, um, and a lot of people still have gardens or have grandparents or relatives that have gardens so they can learn how to grow their own food if necessary. I mean, I certainly don't think it will come to that in the sense that um, the government, I'm sure, is going to do everything they can to keep people from being that desperate because that's when you get into the territory of, like, riots and um, all kinds of insanity. But... <laughs> It's a good idea to grow your own food anyway. So, again, here we have this um, renewed relationship with land and resources. And um, our culture has become largely so far removed from the food that we eat that we don't even think about where it came from. We don't think about the people that raised it or picked it. We don't think about... Um, how much work and care and, and careful attention went into growing all of these things, um, whether it's plants or animals, you know, a lot of care goes into that. Um, and so we just, we, we don't think about these things. We have no, there's no reciprocity there. Um, our economy has largely been, at least in my lifetime, certainly, um, has been founded on just the notion of money. Um, and yes, money is important. Of course, you have to pay your bills, all of that. However, um, the more self-sufficient and sustainable you are for your home and yourself, the less you depend on um, financial resources. So while, yes, we have to pay our rent, we have to pay our utilities, da 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 you know, if you have a garden... You do invest some in seeds, in um, potentially good soil if you don't live in a place that just naturally has good soil, and some tools. But beyond that, all you're investing is your time and your attention. Um, and those are intangible things. Um, and right now, until further notice, all we have is time. <laughs> so it's if you haven't um, thought about doing something like that and you live in a place I know some people live in apartments and stuff and so having a garden is um, a lot more difficult but um, there are options and I mean maybe even you could start a community garden you can grow a lot from just a small um, a very small piece of land I mean our backyard is not 
super huge by any means. We just have a couple raised beds, but um, if you do spend the time and the attention and um, you give it the care that it deserves, you will get a lot of food. Um, So I hope that there are, again, not to like trivialize um, the very difficult aspects of life that we're all going to be facing for quite a while. But I, I do seek to find the glimmers of optimism and the glimmers of like, here's something good that can come out of this. Um, so definitely having um, a, a much better, much healthier relationship to the earth and to land um, is a good thing. Um, and two, when you think about you know, if, you're, if your resources are limited, you're going to ration things out more carefully. You're going to have so much more appreciation for simple things that you would probably have wasted before. I mean, toilet paper of all things, you know. Um, it's kind of absurd that people are stockpiling that because you can't eat it and it's not going to protect you. Um, you know, I can go outside and wipe my butt with leaves if I have to. I've been camping before, but <laughs> you can't eat toilet paper. So um, it's just an odd, another odd, like completely um, nonsensical, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It gives people a sense of control to um, hold some kind of resource But also, we are so far detached from the the land and and just kind of reality in a lot of ways that it's like, toilet paper is not the resource that you need to hold on to right now. Um, It is a comfort, but it is not, in fact, a need um, if you get right down to it. So having a deeper appreciation for um, something as simple as a cup of tea, um, something as simple as your morning coffee, because you might go to the store and maybe the coffee's gone now. So you're going to be more careful just with um, what what you're consuming right now. Um, so ultimately, I think that's a good thing, but it's really going to fucking suck. Um, while we have to reevaluate those relationships. Um, and a theme of Saturn is deprivation. So there is widespread deprivation um, of many things right now, which is something, it's, it's not as bad as it could be. Um, I try to always keep that in perspective. But that is something that a lot of younger people have not encountered. I mean, some people, yes, but I'm just speaking in very broad terms of like middle class, upper middle class America or even middle class America. Um, a lot of younger people don't know deprivation truly. Um, they have may never known hunger. They have never known lack in any real sense of the word. Um, And I certainly don't wish that on anyone. But if you have known it, um, it's really profound. And it's not something that you forget. So, um, yeah, I I think that will strengthen people in a lot of ways and, and humble us in a lot of ways and just make us more appreciative of 
perhaps the tiniest things um, that we used to just have every single day and now we don't. Um, and this also again ties into personal responsibility. So um, rather than waiting on a paycheck or um, conveniently ordering something off Amazon Prime and having it shipped to you in two days, we are now in a position of um, being much, having a greater responsibility in our resources in general. Um, and our, our culture of convenience has just crippled us in a lot of ways. Um, it's made people incredibly soft in all the wrong ways. It has made us impatient. It has made us selfish. Um, it has made us ungrateful. <laughs> and um, it just kind of puts blinders on for a lot of people to assume that they can just have all of these things um, at a moment's notice, and now you can't. Um, so I imagine that that is a strange reality for a lot of people right now. Um, but it, it will ultimately be a good one, I, I think, and I, and I hope. Um, so that's, that's a lot of the Saturn, Saturn, Pluto, Uranus, um, information there. Um, yeah. Um, another element, um, of this year's astrology that I wanted to touch on is Jupiter. So in 2019, we had Jupiter in Sagittarius. That is the ruler of Jupiter. Um, he's very expansive and positive and happy there. Moving into Capricorn um, really does dim a lot of Jupiter's light um, because Jupiter likes to travel. It likes to expand. Um, it likes to learn. Um, it can be quite social, especially in Sagittarius, and in Capricorn, it's much more um, restrictive and limiting and sobering. So um, a lot of people, I think, are real. you know, the fact that we can't travel now is um, just a little too perfect for the current astrology. Um, so Jupiter and Capricorn is not going to be handing out um, all the wonderful things that he usually does. It's, uh, it's no longer the Oprah show where everybody gets a car. Um, Jupiter and Capricorn is pretty much only going to reward Capricorn traits, which are, <coughs> pardon me, groundedness, um, you know, being thrifty, being frugal, being responsible, um, and being honest and, and perhaps even blunt, um, about, the state of things. Capricorn is very much material um, in the sense that it's, um, I would argue, it's the closest to the earth in a lot of ways in terms of its perception of reality. So while that can be harsh, um, it is necessary um, and it is helpful in its own way. So Jupiter and Capricorn um, is just really going to reward um, careful, measured uh, uses of our time and energy and resources. Um, so that's another thing that's um, going on. Um, and I guess on a final note, I just really like to try to add <laughs> some light in there. Um, some comfort that I've found and, and I try to mention it anytime I talk to people who are really worried because um, being worried is 
100% justified right now. I mean, this is insanity. And a lot of people of this generation have never, ever, ever, ever dealt with something like this. If you happen to have a great grandparent around, um, please call them. And, and you see how they're taking this and ask them about their hardships because I guarantee you they are going to have so much knowledge to share. And, and again, that's another perspective that's so humbling. Um, if you think about what that generation went through um, compared to now, I mean, people think that having um, to wait too long in the line at Starbucks is a fucking travesty. Meanwhile... Uh, you know, if you have a great grandparent that grew up during the Depression era or even during World War II, I mean, they know sacrifice, they know rationing, um, and they also know what it takes to bring a community together in the ways that community can really, really um, help every day, but especially during times like this, sharing resources instead of hoarding them, um, making connections with people in your neighborhood um, is just going to be hugely helpful right now because human beings, again, despite what our current culture has tried to program us to believe, human beings are not isolated creatures. Um, We have not come this far in the world by being... Uh, all for one. Um, Greed might get some people so far, but it's not actually a sustainable uh, ecological model for life to flourish. Uh, And I think we've been dealing with the repercussions from that for a really long time, Um, but still in many abstract ways, whereas now it's become very apparent to a lot of people how much we need to lean on each other and how much we have to help each other and be there for each other. So that's a big, um, it's a big opportunity, um, to learn and grow during this time is just to have that appreciation for, um, a, you know, a real sense of community, not a digital one, um, but very much, um, based in reality, human to human, those kinds of relationships are going to be highlighted so much more now, which I think is, um, great. It's wonderful that we have technology and we can call people and FaceTime people right now where we can't see them, um, in person. And that that's a great tool, but still, um, because, because we are being forced to be isolated now and rightly so, um, it highlights that, um, that need, that very, very human need for connection and community that is based in reality, that is based in real face-to-face interaction, Um, you know, actual touch, actual warmth versus just um, a digital facade of, like, hearts and likes and comments, and that's all nice, but, like, that's not real. (laughs) It's just not. Um, So that's another thing that I hope will, will come out of all of this mess. Um, is that people just have a, a much greater appreciation for each other in the real world. So um, another thing is, economically speaking, pretty much everybody's in the same boat right now in terms of um, being able to pay their rent. Most Americans live paycheck to paycheck. If you are fortunate enough to have some savings, um, that's also probably going to go away. I had, thank goodness, um, been saving money up for a car um, 
And it's not much, but I'm really glad I have it because now I don't need a car because I can't go anywhere. Um, but I do have a, a tiny bit of cushion um, that can help me for about a month. So, um, And a lot of people don't even have that. But here's the thing. They can't evict us all <laughs> because there's literally nobody else to step in and pay the rent either. Um, everyone's on pretty equal footing right now, and I'm hoping that the government will be smart enough to not only do a stimulus package um, to make sure that people can feed their families, um, but also do something like a universal rent freeze or something because everyone's in the same boat. And they cannot evict everyone because, A, where's everybody going to go? And B, that would be even worse for the economy. And they know that. So just try to remember that if you have a lot of anxiety about being able to pay your bills, they cannot evict us all and they won't. Um, and that's another plus of this is realizing that just how much power the quote unquote little people have because the economy is largely based on us and we don't have shit right now. So they have to help us or they're, we're all fucked. So at least there's that. Um, and just try to, um, you know, I think it's important to be informed for sure, but try to really limit that news con consumption because it is so emotionally draining and you can know what's going on without watching it 24 7 I was trying to stay on top of things for the first few days and just had a few days of just crying um, because it is a helpless feeling and my fear personally is not for myself my fear is for um, people that you know that are dying quite frankly or um, people who are putting their lives on the line every day trying to save people, um, it's just a very sobering, um, thing to, to watch. And my, uh, fiance and I actually got engaged in Italy last year and it's the only other country I've ever been to. And it's so beautiful. And the people were so nice. Um, <laughs> especially considering the shitty reputation that Americans have overseas. I mean, they were so wonderful. They were so welcoming. They were so warm. Um, and to know that whatever brief connection I had with that place, you know, to think of those people and, and how much they're suffering right now is just is really rough. Um, so there's nothing wrong with limiting your news intake. Uh, check it once or twice a day and then just put it away and spend time with your family. Um, you know, play board games. If it's not raining, go outside. There, there are a lot of things to do. Um, we are definitely being pulled out of our day-to-day -day distractions, and I think that's another thing that's really, really hard for people. Um, we're used to being able to go to work and just think about work for a few hours, um, or go to a movie or go to the bar or, you know, so we're chronically escaping ourselves, um, and the reality of our, of our life and perhaps even the reality of our mental states in a lot of ways. And we can't do that now. <laughs> so that's gotta be weird for a lot of folks. Um, so just be, be gentle with yourself. Um, you know, if you need to go have a good ugly cry in the bathroom, you do you. That is okay. Um, day drinking has become 100% acceptable <laughs> because we don't have to be anywhere. Um, 
wearing sweatpants all day, you know, nothing wrong with that. Just, just trying to make the best of it. Um, I'm trying my best to maintain sanity for now. Um, something that's frustrating for me personally is a, the feeling of helplessness of like, I don't know how I can help. Um, because there's such a risk of exposure and, and that's very frustrating. Um, so I think that more than anything, the best thing we can do is just stay home and, um, and be responsible for the use of your resources. Don't go buy 20 cases of toilet paper. If you do that, you're a fucking asshole. Nobody needs that much toilet paper. Um, and just trust that your community will get you through this. Um, yeah. So I'm sure I'll have a lot more to say about it, but, um, thanks for listening to this. I probably got pretty rambly and I'll (laughs) figure out a better structure, um, for this podcast in the future, but it just, um, those are things that have been on my mind and I did want to give a little bit of like astrological, um, knowledge, uh, throw that in there. Just, I guess some context, um, Personally, I find astrology pretty comforting because it, I think everything is um, a pattern and everything is definitely interrelated. And um, for all its kitschiness now, because it's been overused, the notion of as above, so below, you know, is definitely related to astrology. And um, this is the pattern that we're in right now. And there are a lot of things we can't control. And that's why it's important to um, have a sense of um, reverence and acceptance for the things that we uh, have no control over and then just try to do your best to, um, stay sane and, and be there for people if you can. Um, and just, um, appreciate the humility of this experience because it's, it's fucking wild out there. Um, and it does make you feel very small. And, and I think that can be a very good thing. Um, just don't let it overwhelm you. Just, um, yeah. We, we only really matter in the context of how we can affect other people's lives. Uh, and I think that's the big takeaway. But anyway, um, sending everybody some, you know, some good wishes. It's hard and it's scary and it's weird. But I think if we can just keep our heads on straight, um, I think we are going to be okay eventually. It will be hard. It will be tough. It's probably going to suck for quite a while, but... I mean, we've made it this far, right? So in in the history of humanity, um, the more that we can help each other, the better we'll do. So I hope that you find some peace um, and some quiet and some warmth in your life right now. um, And I'll be back. So thank you so much for listening. Bye.